Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant, who almost just forgot what she was supposed to say, but always. I remembered at the last second. Always. It's the yeah. always day one at the Badass Breastfeeding <laughs> Podcast. We just started. <laughs> so glad that you're listening to our first episode. Oh my God. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and today's episode is brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com. Helping mothers everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani I1 Dual Breast Pump. And today's episode is also brought to you by Lilu. The Lilu Massager Plus Bra is the first hands-free pumping bra that mimics breast massage. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give them any of your business. And while you are there... You can scroll down and enter your email address and get episodes sent straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week. And this was put on iTunes. So thank you so much to for putting this on iTunes for us because it really does help the podcast a lot. And she says, from anxious to empowered, I am so grateful for this podcast. I had my baby at the end of March and breastfeeding was always something I wanted to try, but admittedly had very low expectations because I knew so many people that weren't successful. I was setting myself up to use any excuse to transition to formula feeding and give up on breastfeeding. After listening to this podcast, I felt so much more empowered and encouraged to get through the initial struggles and am now loving every minute of it. I feel strapped with information and I'm ready to combat whoever questions my decisions at any moment. And thank you so much right for this. On. When I first read this, I was like, oh my God, it's me. Because like <laughs> I just remember with my first one being like, I hate this. And I was looking for any excuse to not breastfeed anymore. Like in the first like month or so, month, month and a half, oh, uh-huh. like just really was just not like, oh, I did it because I felt like I had to. And I remember even thinking like, I know that if I give up, I'll regret it later. So let me just like power through. And then, you know, then we were fine after, you know, the, like the more I got settled into being a parent, because a lot of it is a tr- just the transition to being a parent. You're just like, so oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is, let me just take one thing off my plate and it'll be an easier transition. And it's just not. So um, it did take me a little while to kind of get into it, but I was absolutely that person that was looking for an excuse to stop breastfeeding. Absolutely. And um, I love that she kind of powered through. And that we helped you. So I'm so glad. And thank you so much for letting us know um, because this is not easy stuff, right? Like it's just, and a lot of people are surrounded by people that have not been successful. So it's hard to think that you're going to be like, oh, this is going to be great when you don't know anybody that's experienced it. So it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. That's my addition to this. That's so true. But it is. It is. Enough said. Um, But yeah, it is great that she put that on iTunes for us. You can also send us an email because people do that too. Um, If you don't have iTunes, and I'm sorry, I have a fly that's like flying around me. So I just keep like swatting at stuff. So if you're hearing like weird noises, it's like, it's making me crazy. Um, So you can also send us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com if you don't have the ability to put it on iTunes. And I also want to say, I did get a message recently from somebody who was like, I wish you guys put this on YouTube so we could see you. You guys do not want to see us oh, doing this. No. Like, it's not pretty <laughs> at all. <laughs> that might be, you know, entertaining. 
Oh, it would probably be very entertaining. Yeah, it probably would. But that might be just too much for us to even figure out, like how to, like what to do. I know people do it all the time, but I don't know that that's in our wheelhouse right now. So I appreciate (laughs) that you want to like be able to see us doing our crazy stuff, like swatting at flies while we're talking, sitting in a room by ourselves. It's lovely. I'm I'm currently itching my armpit. I don't know. Is this? Like, I do not want to be dressed and like, well, though, maybe that's what they want. They just want the real story. I don't know. Maybe we could do like a once a month. We could do like a feature live. No, we can't do it live. How do we do it? Well, like social media lets you do it live, but. that you know you want us to expand our horizons yeah today we are going to talk about newborn weight loss and this came up because i for one get so frustrated with the newborn weight loss because people are acting like that and i don't mean people like parents i mean people like medical professionals act like this is a crisis and it, you're the only baby that this has happened to. And that's not the case. This is a normal process for your baby. Absolutely normal. And we see it every day and every baby loses weight. And I try to tell people that like prenatally so that they're not nervous. But what almost, you know, almost every call I get, people are like, well, I had to start supplementing in the hospital because the baby was losing weight. Or I had to keep going back to the pediatrician's office because the baby had lost weight. So now you're going to the back to the pediatrician every day for weigh-ins because the baby lost some weight. It's like, this is normal, normal. We don't want it to be excessive, but a lot of times the weight loss is not excessive and people are still jumping through these hoops. Yeah. So I mean, you I definitely would expect yeah. some weight loss. Yeah. That is, a, so that is something that you would expect to see. It's not just like yes. a, a fluke or like, Oh, it happens half the time. Like, this is something that like you're probably going to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to make sure we absolutely cover with this is that number one, it is an absolutely normal process for your baby. I'm surprised when I see babies leave the hospital that have not lost weight. That is a surprise to mm-hmm. me and it doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. And right. But it is a surprise. Um, in fact, it really it happens so rare. I could probably remember like, two or three times in my whole career where I've seen that. But it it is more common that your baby loses weight starting on day one, right? Because that's why they weigh your baby in the hospital. They weigh them like when they're first born. They weigh them after the first 24 hours. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, now people aren't staying in the hospital very long. So they really are, you know, getting out within two or, you know, two days or so, even with a C-section. Um, but they will weigh your baby the whole time you're there. And they usually tell you like, okay, your baby's down this much weight or your baby weighs this much. They might tell you what the, you know, discharge weight is, or they might tell you what percentage your baby is down. Totally normal. So 
one thing to remember, I've got so much I want to say about this, but one thing to remember is that your baby, there is a window of weight loss that people expect. And that is 10% is the, that window. Like they are okay. Usually people are okay. Medical professionals are okay with your baby losing 10%. But of their other, you know, of their birth weight. And then we expect them to be back up around their birth weight by about two weeks. So it's not even like, oh my gosh, your baby lost weight. Quick, you got to get that weight back. Like, okay, we know your baby is going to lose weight. We expect your baby's going to lose weight. And we have a couple of weeks for them to put that weight back on. Right. But usually in the hospital, depending on like how long you're there, if you're a C-section delivery and you're there an extra day, you're going to see that extra weight loss because they're going to be checking it. If you are a vaginal birth and you know, you've only been there 24 hours, you're not going to see much weight loss. But I feel like the more, like if you're there 24 hours and they're like, oh my God, your baby's down 5%, everybody freaks out. And there is a hospital here where I am that I am hearing from patients that deliver there that if your baby is down 5%, that's when they start supplementing. And I'm like, how do you have a baby that's not down 5%? Yeah, come on. Like that is, I, I don't understand that. Like that is a totally normal thing to see. But it is like everybody is just freaks out when your baby loses a little bit of weight. Yeah, we don't understand anything about like the natural process of birth. Oh, one of the things that plays a role in this is how much fluid you get during labor. That is a huge part of this. If you receive, if you were, say, for example, induced and you received several bags of fluid, your feet were swollen, your baby had puffy eyelids when they came out, like your baby has extra weight extra water weight that they are going to drop very quickly in the beginning. And that's usually a sign if like in the first 24 hours, your baby is, you know, already lost a couple percentage points of their, of their birth weight. There is a lot of research around this. And there's a lot of research even saying that the 24 hour weight should be their actual birth weight. Oh, because oh, of uh -huh. this. Mm -hmm. But we all know that it takes years and years for the medical profession to alter what they do. <laughs> it just is. Like, I think yeah. I've heard before, like 15 years or something. If new research comes out, it takes like 15 years for it to be implemented. Not just for baby, like for everything in the medical world. Yeah, so, that seems generous. 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering that like... The things that they suggest, you know, even just thinking of breastfeeding, like, you know, it's dangerous to breastfeed while you're pregnant. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's like still. old, yeah. old. And like, yeah. they still say that. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely yeah. more than 15 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right about that for sure. But that is that whole fluid retention thing. That is a real thing. It, there's research, evidence-based information that a lot of times people aren't aware that that's a thing. And that is something that I always ask, especially if it's a, if it's a baby that dropped a lot of weight quickly, I will ask, well, was the baby, did the baby have wet and dirty diapers in the hospital? Oh yeah, a ton. That's your fluid right there. 
Like that is, that is our fluid loss. So we have to look at a couple of things. Like you have to, you can't just look at the, at the number and be like, oh, okay, your baby's down. We're just going to like start supplementing right away. Like we're not giving it a chance. We have to look at the whole situation and nobody, like, I feel like that is just lost. Like nobody really is looking at the whole situation and, and determining, is this a baby we truly need to supplement or is this a baby that is just, they're eating fine and they just lost a little bit of extra fluid. Like we have to look at it, right? Like it, it can't just, but it's, it's such a blanket statement. And that is why there's so many babies that are being supplemented early. Yeah. I mean, this has so much to do with just hospital protocol. Yeah. It's not based on, you know, research or anything like that. It's just, this is what we're doing during this shift and all shifts just to get through these shifts and get these people in and out. There's not like, there's not a ton of time for like individual care. No. You know, there people are running around frantic. <laughs> you know, they're running around yeah. frantically. Like, yeah. I remember the, the woman who like the nurse who was there when I had Jack. I mean, my God, she was like, she was like, she was so hopped up on adrenaline, you could tell. And I know that's why, like, a lot of these, like, labor and delivery nurses like that job because they're kind of like adrenaline junkies. And it's, that's what birth is, you know, like, they mm-hmm. like it. They like that high energy, like, stuff. But they're busy too. I mean, yeah. I remember her, like, rushing, just like rushing around the room and then rushing me down the hallway in the, wheelchair over to my room like they just are like trying to get through their shift and the other thing with them and we have i'm gonna do it like a total shout out here we have labor and delivery nurses and like nikki nurses and stuff that or mother baby nurses that listen and they've emailed us and said hey this you know i'm this you know labor and delivery or i'm mother baby whatever trying to get more information for my families that i take care right. of right because they don't get lactation information. Right. Unless they specifically seek it out. So sometimes what you see, and I worked in the hospital setting, I saw this happen all the time. And I still hear it from people that I, that, you know, the parents that I see tell me that this happens to them at the hospital, that they are being told your baby is really hungry because your milk isn't in yet. We need to give them something else. And that is not an accurate statement. That is just not accurate. If, Babies were meant to have milk on day one. You would have a milk supply on day one, but that is not how it is set up to be. Ever. No, there's a reason why no one sees milk on day one. It's not because like it's 100% across the board getting it wrong. (laughs) Like it's not logical. No, like hmm, maybe, maybe there's something to this. If not a single person has milk on day one, hmm, I wonder if there's something, if there's a reason for that. Yeah. And that is that is the absolute God's honest truth. But people get a little nervous. They freak out and they're like, oh, my gosh, the baby's fussy on, you know, day, you know, hour 36. It must be that they're starving and you don't have milk yet. Like, that's not what's going on here. It's Mm -hmm. not. And honestly, nobody's going to let your baby starve. And people are always worried about that, too. Like, well, I didn't want my baby to starve. Nobody's nobody wants your baby to starve. I promise you that. Nobody wants that. But, but they're, we they're also just not have starving. To That's the thing. They're, they're not, not starving. Yeah. They're not starving. 
They sucked you dry for the last nine months. <laughs> that baby is did. that guy. That baby has so they're they're so full right now. Of there's, there's a, a reason why you felt like shit for the last three months because yeah, they were just like sucking everything out of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So You're I the have, one who needs to be supplemented. I know, oh yeah. Grab the insurer or something, man, because like he needs it. So I have a whole bunch of stuff for people to look for to know if their baby's getting enough. So why don't we talk about that after we hear from our new people, our new sponsors. Awesome. And we'll do it. Yeah. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Imani and breastpumps.com. Helping mothers everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani i1 dual breast pump featuring the quietest motor on the market. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output, as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. Whether pumping from one breast or both, this smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, massage and express, include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free, find out why Imani USA products are trusted by over 46 million mothers around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, visit Imani USA, that's I-M-A-N-I-USA.com, and use code BADASS for 25% off of your order. Or you can visit breastpumps.com forward slash Imani, I-M-A-N-I, to place an order using your insurance benefits. And today's episode is also brought to you by Lilu. The Lilu Massager Plus Bra is the first hands-free pumping bra that mimics breast massage, so you can express more milk in less time. We do the heavy lifting so you can go hands-free. The lactation massage cushions inside the bra mimic hands-on compression motions recommended by lactation experts. The bra holds your breasts in place, massaging both simultaneously while you pump. The Lilu Massager Plus Bra helps to fully empty your breasts to establish, increase, and maintain your milk supply. Research shows that breast massage helps you pump 30 to 50% more milk per session. Breast massage also helps alleviate clogged ducts and engorgement. Learn more about the Lilu Massager Plus Bra at wearlilu.com. That's W-E-A-R-L-I-L-U.com. Join their community and save $10. Then you can use code BADASSBF, that's BADASSBF, for an additional $5 off of your order. And you can find all of our sponsors and their promo codes in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Oh. Okay. So. The number one thing, everybody get ready. If you're if you're pregnant and you're listening, first of all, you're a way better person than I was. But this is a real this is a real thing. If so your baby, they're losing weight in the hospital, right? And then you leave the hospital, you go to the pediatrician's office first day, second maybe second day of their life or you know, of after being discharged. This point, your baby is maybe what, two or three days old, right? Like if you had a vaginal birth, maybe two or three days old. 
and your baby is still losing weight. And that's when people start to really freak out. Then they're like, oh my gosh, my baby is still losing weight. What is going on? Still very normal. And the reason why this is normal is that your baby does not start to regain weight until they have been feeding on your milk supply for 24 hours. So if your milk is just starting to come in, yes, your baby's still going to be down in weight. Absolutely. We know that your milk is not going to come in until probably about day three-ish, maybe day four, somewhere in that mix. So why would we think your baby is going to be gaining weight by day two or the beginning of day three? Yeah. It is not. They just, it doesn't happen. It's not. It's not logical. Every once in a while, I would, I used to see a family that their baby was gaining weight when they came into the pediatrician's office. But usually that was a situation where their milk, maybe it was their second baby, their milk came in a little faster, or maybe it was like, you know, there was a C-section delivery. So we saw them on day four instead of day two. You have to really look at all of the things. And if that's a situation, usually I would say if that baby was still down, be like, you know, how's the baby feeding, right? We want to look at, these are the things that we want to look at. We want to look at how the baby's feeding. We want to look at diaper output. And we want to ask mom, is your milk starting to come in? Like, do you feel, do you feel different? Are you feeling any heaviness? Are you feeling any fullness? Because that is a process. Like, it's not just like, oh, okay, boom, your milk's there. Like you, you def, most people can feel that difference. They feel themselves getting a little heavier. They feel themselves getting a little bit fuller. And all that stuff is good stuff to know. And then you could be like, okay, why don't you come back and, you know, tomorrow and let's recheck or come back in two days and let's recheck the weight. Um, instead, what we see a lot of the time is you go for that first appointment, the baby's still down in weight and they have you start supplementing right away. And it's like, we haven't even given this a chance yet. We haven't even given it a chance to even try to work before we start supplementing. So you have to find out those things. You have to look at it and be like, okay, is the baby eating? Is the baby latching and feeding? And if the answer is yes, great. Is the baby pooping and peeing? That's the other thing. If the baby has had good, wet, and dirty diapers in the hospital and they're still pooping and peeing, this is not a baby we need to supplement. It's fine. If mom says, yeah, I feel, I'm starting to feel a little bit full. I think my milk is starting to come in. We don't need to supplement this baby. A baby that we do need to supplement is a baby that is not pooping and peeing and not latching well. That is a baby that we would need to supplement. So we really, you have to look at all these situations. I was able to kind of like, you know, get involved in that stuff when I was working in the pediatric office because I was a lactation consultant in a pediatric office. But that is not common practice, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was going to say like, this is like stuff. I mean, this is, this is just so set up for failure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like we have people giving birth in hospitals that are, everybody is overworked, rushing around, like, you know, there's, it's, you know, everyone's trying to keep up with what they need to be doing. And then we have people who aren't given like, you know, proper lactation information for a lot of reasons that we could go into another time. (laughs) Um, And then, and then you have, and then you leave the hospital and then, and then the care is transitioned to someone completely new who likely has not, you know, 
doesn't even know the baby. Right. And now we're starting all over again, trying to figure out what's going on. And now you're in a pediatric office where they don't have a lot of lactation information either. But both of those places have an abundance of formula. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, this is something that we can do to where we know the baby will be getting something. And then we can all relax. Right. And that's really what it comes out of. It's based out of fear. For everybody, it's based out of fear. We're not looking at it logically. Right. We're not looking at the process logically. And what we want you to look at, I know I keep saying like, look for wet and dirty diapers, look for wet and dirty diapers. So what you are looking for with this is one wet diaper in the first 24 hours of the baby's life and one poop in the first 24 hours of the baby's life, that like dark meconium poop. Day two, you want two of each. Day three, you want three of each. Day four, you want four of each. And day five, you want five of each. And then after day five, it's pretty much like you're seeing probably eight wet diapers a day and probably two good poops. The other thing is that by day five, that poop should be yellow. That's what we expect to see by day five is that yellow breastfed baby poop. If the poop is not yellow by day five, then that is a red flag that something the baby's not feeding well, that poop is still dark. Then we're going to kind of look at and go, let's make sure this baby's feeding well. If the baby's that happened, not yeah, that's pooping what happened and peeing. Oh, is that what happened? Was that he well, didn't Exley's, get the yellow poop? Well, he got the, he, he got, it was green mm-hmm. and it never changed. Oh. And so I was like, I can't remember. He was like weeks old. And I was like, is it supposed to still be green? And they're like, no. But like, I just did like a few things. Like I talked to her on the phone and she was like, let's try these things. And he gained like twice of what he was supposed to gain. Yeah. In a week. So like these things are doable, but we need to get with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Which That's is really so, what it comes down it to. It sucks yeah. that you have to like, you go through all of this, you spend tens of thousands of dollars, you know, through your insurance or not. And then you don't have the right information. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying. It is. It's very annoying. But if you know to look for these things, then when you go to your pediatrician's office and they say, okay, your baby is still down in weight, we're getting close to that 10% mark, I think you should probably start to supplement. Then you can always say, can we give it another day? I feel like my milk's starting to come in. Or, you know what, the baby's really pooping and peeing a lot. I received a lot of fluid during labor. Um, you know, they're, they're pooping and peeing, they're latching every two hours. I know, you know, around the clock, I know that they're, you know, feeding. Can we give it another day? But I think we just panic, you know, because when the, the doctor, when the pediatrician says, oh, your baby's at 8%, you got to start supplementing. Then we go, oh, okay. Like, cause we don't want anything to happen to our baby. Of course, of course. we don't want anything to happen to our baby, but sometimes it's really not necessary. Now, the other thing that happens with this is the supplement amount is insane. Oh, yeah. And I hear like the stuff that I hear people telling me that they were told to supplement with when a baby is three days old is ridiculous. And it, a lot of times I'll hear like, oh, I was told to supplement. How much were you supplementing with? Um, they said an ounce and a half. They said two ounces. They said oh an my ounce. God. This is a three-day-old baby. Like that's a feed plus, like they're not going to breastfeed now. So now we have a huge problem. And that was exactly like what you dealt with, with Jack, right? Like 
they were like, oh yeah, just supplement and then your milk will come in. But not yeah, if yeah. your baby's not latching. You're right, not right. going to develop a good milk supply if your baby's not latching. And if your baby's too full from formula feeding, they're not going to latch well or feed well. It's a whole thing. It's a whole cycle. It's just like when you're told not to spoil your appetite <laughs> by yes. eating like lots of, you know, cheese and crackers before dinner, which which Josh always does. Oh, my God. I do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he gets or off of work and then he's like, I'm so full. And I'm like, OK, we're going to have dinner in an hour. But it's the same thing. Like your baby. Yeah. That's exactly what your baby's going through. They're like, well, now they're not going to be nursing well. Yeah. Whenever anybody says to me, I was told to supplement, I'm always like, how much are you supplementing with? It's not even like, oh my gosh, don't do it. It's like, okay, how much are you supplementing with? Because if that's necessary, okay. I'm not against the supplementing if it's a necessary process. I want to make that very clear. I am not against it if it's necessary. And if they say like, because this happened recently where a mom, I saw her before she went to the pediatrician and she, oh no, it was right after the pediatrician because she texted me after she went to the pediatrician. I was going there like the next day. And she said, I'm, they wanted me to supplement because the baby was down a little bit still. And I said, how much are you supplementing with? And she said, 15 mLs, which is completely appropriate. 15 mLs is fine. And I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Usually what I hear is an ounce to two ounces. That's usually That's what I insane. hear. And it is insane for a three, three or four day old baby. Um, It is just... It's always like a red flag to me too. Not a red flag, but always kind of like if I have a baby that's got a very high birth weight, that always makes me go, okay, was this a fluid situation? If it's a baby that's like nine and a half pounds, is this a fluid situation? I always ask about like, okay, how much fluid did you get? Um, you know, what happened? Did the baby pee a lot the first 24 hours? Did they drop a lot of weight in that first 24 hours? All that stuff is an indication that your baby had more fluid and that's what they're dropping is that fluid weight. And we really need to look at that 24 hour weight as being more of an accurate birth weight for them, not the weight that they were when they were first born. And yeah. now you're chasing a birth weight that never was there. Like that's right. the other thing. Yeah. And those babies usually don't get to birth weight. Like, and I'm using my little air quotes that you nobody can see. Well, you could see it if we were actually on YouTube, but we're not. So, <laughs> <I> see. <laughs> yeah. So, those babies, I swear, they never, they usually don't get back to birth weight for about a month. That's usually what I see. Like, regardless of how much mom is feeding. And that's not birth weight. That's it's just their birth that's weight. Just how, that's them growing. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, so it's, interesting. I, yeah, because yeah. And that's what happens because people are so, the baby has all this extra fluid that's not, doesn't count as birth weight, shouldn't count as birth weight. But then they're like, you need to be up back to birth weight by this amount of time. And that wasn't supposed to be their birth weight anyway. So then you're stuck. Right. And then it's like, oh, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Because you're not back to birth weight when you were all bloated from all the <laughs> fluids. Right. But we have a mom that is breastfeeding every two to three hours around pretty much around the clock. Baby's pooping and peeing very well. Milk transfer, like they would come in and see me and the milk trans they transferring milk appropriately. And, but they're still not at birth weight. And people are, oh my God, what's wrong with them? Something's wrong with them. We have to give them formula to get them back to birth weight. And it's like, that was never their birth weight. That's that was really never the, what, we're chasing yeah. a weight that is not there. Like it just, and it usually, they usually hit that weight in about a month. And then nobody worries after that. It's like, well, so we're all panicking. And the for first nothing. month was hell for you for no right. reason. Yeah, exactly. And they're coming, you know, they're, they bring them back. 
back every, you know, couple days. And it's like, now you've got a parent that maybe had a C-section or is having a difficult recovery. And they're going back to the pediatrician every two days to check a weight. Instead of saying, wouldn't it be a lot easier to just say, here's this lactation consultant that we, we like to refer to for situations like this. Please call her and have her check on, see what's going on. No, yeah. we don't do that. That would be, that would be a good idea. That would be better. Yes. But that's not what, what happens. No. The other thing that sometimes people don't realize they can do is they can supplement with their own milk. Oh, and yeah. That is something that you can do. I don't usually promote pumping. Well, I'm usually pretty open about what the whole pumping thing, but I don't usually promote pumping in the first two weeks. However, if it is a situation where somebody tells you you have to supplement because the baby's lost too much weight, we will absolutely implement that pumping and you can supplement with your own milk because that's the better option. Yeah. And if you are lucky enough, like I actually, I was amazed. I talked to, I did a consult um, with a woman or with a new parent the other day who, God, where was she? I want to say Nebraska. And she had the option in the hospital of using either formula or donor milk for her perfectly healthy newborn baby that just wasn't. And there was reasons why the baby wasn't, you know, getting enough to eat. But um. There is not, I do not often hear that there is donor milk available for your healthy full-term newborn baby in the hospital. I rarely hear that. And if it's a situation where you can do that, it is always a better option to do that than to use formula if you have that option. And I'm like, I wish every hospital did it. I just, I really do. But it's just not as common. Yeah, I I guess they're trying to save it for the... NICU babies and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I think so. I think it depends on the hospital personally. But like where I am here in Rochester, the NICU will use, like we have a, you know, a pretty high speed NICU, but in one of the hospitals, they will use donor milk, but it has to be like, the baby has to be like, I don't know, maybe under 30 weeks, under 32 weeks, something like that. And once they get to that cutoff date, then they stop giving them the donor milk. It's not even like, okay, we started them on it. We can keep them on it. Once they hit that that time, then they stop giving it to them. I don't know if that's like how it's covered by insurance or what the deal is, but it is not something that they can, and, and they don't offer it to the healthy babies that might need supplementing in the hospital. So they only offer it to the very preterm babies. Hmm. Yeah. But I have had a couple of people who told me that they could use it when they were in the hospital and their baby was full-term healthy newborn and they were allowed to do supplementing with, with donor milk. So it's, um, it's so like all over the board in this country. Um, and I just yeah, wish it totally. was more like, and I'm sure like there's not enough donor milk available for every hospital to be able to use that. But what a great concept that would be, right? Like would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they would have more milk if they just, if there was just like, you know, some resources put into like a public service announcement. Like if you have extra milk, but that would never happen. And it's also, if we were all educated and we weren't so quick to supplement these babies when they didn't need it, that's the other thing. Like it is really, if you're, you know, 
sometimes it's just not necessary. But you can supplement if you need to with your own milk. And that is absolutely acceptable. But I do find that a lot of times people don't make, don't tell you that. Like you're, right. you know, at your pediatric office and they say, oh, you need to supplement. Here's some formula. They'll often give it to you because a lot of times you don't have it because you're breastfeeding. So they'll say, here's some formula. Give the baby this, give the baby this much instead of telling you that you can use your own milk. And that well, is yeah. always a better and option. I, this is why I think that, well, this is one of the many, many reasons why privatized healthcare is not for the people. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Yeah. Yeah. That is not, and it's not, it's not, it's not required to function off of need or, you know, science. It's just off of, you know, it's, it's, it operates for profit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, I'll, I won't get into it. <laughs> I know you all know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very frustrating. Um, but it is really important. I think this is one of those things that like when, like that review that we got that was like, okay, I feel empowered to be able to like take this information yeah. and do what I need. This is one of those situations because if you know, okay, down a little bit of weight, it's okay. It's normal. My baby's pooping and peeing. It's okay. Then you know not to be freaked out and rush right to that formula. Yeah. I can supplement with my own milk. Is that okay? Ask your pediatrician, tell, you tell your pediatrician that. If they say to you, we want you to supplement, say, okay, can I use my own milk? Some people or have donor could, milk from say, friends or whatever. Yeah. Or say, okay, I will be using my own milk. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's a better thing to say. Yeah. And it is just, you know, this is not, and it shouldn't be a long-term thing. That's the other thing that I hear too, that people will say, well, because then they'll call me and they'll still be supplementing two, three weeks in. And I'm like, okay, because the doctors, you go back, the baby's gained weight and then they go, oh, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Baby gained well, keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So then they keep supplementing. And it's like, if your baby has gained, then we're done. We're done. Like you should not be continuing to supplement because that is going to continue to impact your milk supply. And if it's not necessary, if it's necessary, fine. But if it's not necessary, it's going to implement your milk supply. You hear my dog barking? It's he's so yes, naughty. I hear it. So sorry, <laughs> so everybody. <naughty. laughs> sorry, everybody. He likes to be on the podcast. Well, that's what dogs but, do. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh yeah. So what do you think? Got anything else? I think it's good. No, I think that that's, you know, I think that what everything that you said, I co-sign and um, yeah. Yeah, it is really frustrating, but honestly, like the, the percentage of babies that are supplemented in the first three days of their life with formula is insane in this country. Like it is really, it is like something like a quarter of the babies or something like that. It's a large amount of babies that are supplemented in the first three days of life. And if we look at all of these things, all of these, are they feeding well? Are they pooping and peeing? Has there been extra fluid? Like what is happening? If we look at all those things that might not need to happen. And if we understood baby behavior better, we might not need to happen. Yeah. It's a lot to ask. I know. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that, Diane. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.